War in Israel continues as more updates are flowing out. I'm getting information on nearly a minute by minute basis at this point and bring to you what I have as it comes in overnight. Bodies of more than 1,500 terrorists have been found inside of Israel's borders. It was unclear at the very beginning on, on Friday night, Saturday. It was, it was unclear exactly how many terrorists had entered Israel at the beginning. There were a lot of talks about a few dozen. It turns out that it was at least 1,500 terrorists who had broken through the Israeli border fence surrounding the Gaza Strip. And uh, the way that they did this was sophisticated. It was obviously backed by Iran. It takes tremendous sophistication to do what they did. Israel had built this 20-foot-high border fence around the Gaza Strip. It was considered well-nigh impermeable. It had touch sensors. It had drones. It had all sorts of material around it that made it very difficult to breach. Apparently, Hamas came up with a way to do it in, in technologically sophisticated fashion. They used cyber attacks. They used drones of their own to blow up the actual sensor towers. They then drove bulldozers through the fence, and 1,500 terrorists at a minimum broke into the state of Israel and promptly engaged in the worst massacre of Jews since the Holocaust. The numbers as of this moment are approaching 1,000 dead Jews, probably in excess of 1,000 dead Jews at this point. This was not a military operation in any real sense of the term military. These were Einsatzgruppen Nazis who were literally driving up to different Israeli villages. And these are not settlements. When you hear settlements, settlements typically refer to people who are in the West Bank, Judea and Samaria. It's a completely different discussion. These are people who are just living in villages living in kibbutzim that are very close to the Gaza border. These Nazis drove up. They literally just mowed down civilians, kidnapped civilians, brought them back to the Gaza Strip. According to the Times of Israel, the Israel Defense Forces said it had finally regained control over its suddenly porous border with the Gaza Strip on Tuesday morning, 72 hours after Hamas terrorists blew through sections of the barrier and launched an invasion that saw over 1,000 Israelis slaughtered or kidnapped. As Israel continues to grapple with the enormity of Saturday's massacres and the military was formally notifying hostages' families that their loved ones were being held in Gaza, Air Force planes bombarded wide swaths of the Strip. More and more video is emerging at this point of exactly how terrorists broke into the various kibbutzim and, and the various towns that are surrounding the Gaza Strip that's known as the Gaza Envelope. Here, for example, is a video of Hamas terrorists who ambushed people as they were attempting to drive into one of these, one of these kibbutzim, they're standing outside the fence, as you can see in this particular video, and uh, they're waiting for someone to approach this this thick iron fence. I think about attempting to crawl underneath, and then you will see that they're going to ambush a car as it drives up, and allow the gate and allows the gate to to open. They then proceeded to go into this particular area and murder as many Jews as they could. One of the most horrifying discoveries yesterday is over a hundred dead bodies in one of these kibbutzim, a place called Kibbutz Bari. You can see that the car arrives, the, door, the, the gate begins to open, the terrorists come and they murder the civilians, they shoot them, and, um, and then they break into the, uh, the kibbutz. This is, obviously, this is what, what terrorism looks like, this is what evil looks like. They came to murder. I have friends who are down there at uh, the border of, of the Gaza Strip right now in some of these places like Sterot. See, now they're running roughshod through the area. My, um, my, my friends who are down at the border are sending me video. One of the pieces of video that was sent to me uh, from my friend shows one of the Hamas trucks. It was uh, still laden with guns and ammunition in the back. Here's a little bit of the video. I'll narrate it for you. You can see this is a... Um, Drove through here. A terror truck. This is all the stuff that they had in here. 
suitcases full of ammo. You can see that it's still laden with guns and ammunition, bags of guns and ammunition. On the ground, there are Arabic writings. Uh, those, those Arabic writings are pamphlets distributed by Hamas about the Islamic rules of war, talking about what you can do to women, what you can do to children, and, and all of the rest. The pictures that have now emerged from Kibbutz Bari are absolutely horrifying, as you'd imagine. Over 100 dead people found in just that one kibbutz alone, which makes it the second greatest site of death in Israel. The, the first greatest site of death in Israel uh, was uh, was the the massacre at this EDM, electronic dance music, music festival, Kibbutz Berry in southern Israel. They found more than 100 bodies there. And uh, again, the, the pictures are horrifying. It's just stacks and stacks of body bags. Body bags of children. And here's a picture of, of what it looks like when you have to body bag a small child, because this is what this is what they do. That is a baby that is being body bagged and, and tagged by um, a state worker in Israel. You can see that's not the only small body bag there. There are other children in body bags right there, because this is the worst that humanity has to offer. That's what Hamas is there. The worst that humanity has to offer. The situation there is so bad that because parents and children were killed together, and because the bodies were in many cases mutilated or obliterated beyond recognition. Israel has been using DNA to match up babies. Here is a Trey Yingst of Fox News explaining. The answers will come to light in, in the coming days. In some cases, there's been a center set up here in Israel for families where they can give names and even DNA. And when you watch the Israeli press at night, you see scenes of parents showing up to... Sorry, it's, uh, it's difficult. Yeah. But uh, parents showing up to, to give hair of their kids... Mm. Um, to the authorities to see if they can match the DNA to the bodies. Yeah. Uh, just horrific. So um, that's um, the situation over in Israel. Again, more and more videos emerging, and there will be soon, I'm sure, fresh videos of atrocities committed by Hamas. Uh, they, are, they are the Nazis of our time. In some ways, they are worse than the Nazis, which is nearly impossible to say about any human being. The Nazis mechanized murder. Hamas openly celebrates it. When the, when the Allies were approaching near the end of World War II, the Nazis attempted to cover up their own atrocities. In this particular case, they celebrated, put it on social media, hand candies to their children, fire guns in the air while celebrating it. Here is um, some footage of, of what it looks like when you're, these, this is footage that was from the Electronic Dance Music Festival that was taking place near the Gaza border. Hamas terrorists were literally standing on the road waiting for people to drive up and then they were just shooting them. Here is video from dash cam of, uh, of one of those situations. These are people attempting to escape the massacre that's happening at the Electronic Dance Festival. You can see a Hamas terrorist literally just standing out in the middle of the road. And as this person slows down, he's just going to start firing through the windshield. And, uh, and continuing to fire on the car until the car uh, ends up being put out of commission. Everyone inside presumably murdered. More body cam video has, has emerged also. And look how many terrorists that is. I mean, it's an enormous number of terrorists. Everyone inside that car is obviously dead at this point in the video as it crashes. And this is body cam video of Hamas entering Kibbutz Kisufim. This is uh, them shooting a dog. A dog attempts to protect the citizens and they, they, they kill the dog. And then they proceed to walk into the rest of the kibbutz and murder everyone. They go through the uh, refrigerators, obviously, to make sure that they um, have slaked their thirst. 
And then they set fire to the uh, to the kibbutz. The purpose of setting fire to the kibbutz is to drive all of the civilians out from their homes where they can then shoot them in the streets. This is this is what Hamas is. Understand, anybody who right now is claiming moral equivalence, anybody who's claiming both sidesism, anybody who's calling for a ceasefire, you're part of the problem. You're part of the problem. This is who you are standing for. These are the people you are pretending are worthy of having a conversation with. These are those people. This is who they are. They're showing it to you. They filmed these videos. They put these videos online. This footage was not put online by forces that are anti-Hamas. These were put online by Hamas. This is part and parcel of what they are, what they want, what they do. Here is more dashboard camera footage of um, Hamas murdering people. So here is Hamas. They were uh, there were people who were in a shelter underground. Hamas figures out there are people in the shelter and they promptly throw a grenade directly into the shelter underground. You can see there's a Hamas terrorist who's standing there. He, uh, he pulls a grenade pin, throws it into the shelter to kill everybody inside, presumably that. And then when people run out, they, uh, they gun them down. When you say these are the worst scenes since the Holocaust for Jews, these are the worst scenes since the Holocaust for Jews. Then we bring you the, the issue of the hostages. So there now it's unclear how many hostages are being held at this point. We know that some people who are considered to be hostages are, are now dead. The Washington Post yesterday broke video showing that many of the hostages never made it to Gaza. You can see this is uh, women and, uh, and middle-aged people or elderly people. That's hostage number one. Hostage number two, another woman. These are just people who are supposedly being kidnapped. This is hostage number four, hostage number three. These are, these are middle-aged or elderly people. And then as Hamas drives away, you can see their bodies stacked on the ground uh, because Hamas has shot them before taking off for the Gaza Strip. Those were not hostages. They were just murder victims. They're just people who were massacred for the crime of breathing and being Jews. The um, pictures of hostages are now emerging. Uh, the, the, today is going to be filled with awful video because Hamas has threatened and presumably make good on its threats to behead hostages in return for Israel retaliating against Hamas and attempting to depose Hamas from its vicious tyranny in, in the Gaza Strip. Apparently, schools in Israel are telling parents to remove TikTok and Instagram apps from their children's phones because videos of hostages begging for their lives are soon going to be released by Hamas. And so they're asking, this is what Hamas does. They, they torture people and then they murder them. And then they attempt to put it on the, the phones of the children of Israel. This is what they attempt to do. Uh, again, it, it is hard to describe scum of the earth. Uh, there, there, are no, there are no words in English for it. There really are not. Uh, here's a picture of one of the hostages who is being held. One of the things that you will notice here are the sandbags uh, here, the sandbags underneath the hostage. And uh, those sandbags say the people of Japan and for free distribution for Palestinian refugees. Because uh, that, that is the way that, that aid typically works in the Gaza Strip. Hamas, the hundreds of millions of dollars that America has poured into that area, that has been going for Hamas to pay for rockets and pay for terrorist equipment and to equip its terrorists. And, uh, and now to take that grain, use it for whatever they're using it for and reuse the bags the taxpayer money of Japan, uh, reuse those bags for sandbags that they can use uh, in to, um, to commit acts of evil is one of the people who is awaiting his death for certain. Here's one Israeli mother describing her kidnapped children. Entire families were kidnapped. Uh, a, a friend of my, mine, Michael Eisenberg, who's a tech CEO in Israel, has talked about the fact that, that other people that, that are members of his company, uh, they've had entire families, cousins, who were taken away, families with multiple children taken to the Gaza Strip, presumably to be murdered or already dead. Here is one mother explaining um, her, her children were kidnapped. She, uh, her sister was kidnapped with the children. 
She somehow escaped, and here she was describing the situation. She's saying she hid in the closet. Terrorists broke into my house. We hid in the closet. They blew up the door. Our neighbor was murdered. They took me out of the closet to the house's living room. Then they brought the neighbor's two kids, Ashel and Negev. From that moment, they moved us between houses where all around there's destruction, ruins and blood. Eshel is four and a half months. Negav, almost four. They shifted us from house to house. All the time there's gunfire. Blood everywhere. They're burning down the houses, burning cars. Then they took me and the kids outside and led us to the fence around the kibbutz. There is a hole in the fence. And we started moving toward Gaza. Me, the kids, and the terrorists. They kept telling me, go quick, quick. All the while, gunfire. We kept going across the border. Negav was on one of the terrorists' shoulders and kept screaming he wanted down. Ashel was on me. And those are those people are all um, being held captive right now. Meanwhile, as I say, Hamas is threatening to execute all of those civilians. Don't worry, guys. It's, a, it's, it's just a cycle of violence, don't you see? It's just moral equivalence. It's just moral equivalence. Uh, Hamas is threatening to execute all of those civilian hostages. Even Anderson Cooper of CNN was struggling to speak after an Israeli woman made a harrowing plea for her kidnapped children again. Uh, these are these are mothers who are crying out because their children have been stolen from them and taken to the Gaza Strip where they are presumably to be murdered or terrorists will hide behind them. And understand that if Israel goes in and tries to kill Hamas terrorists and these children die, that is solely the fault of Hamas. When you hide behind a child, that makes you a coward. It makes you a, a piece of human debris. You're the worst. That they're, they're, Again, I very rarely struggle for words. There, there are no words for these kinds of atrocities. Now here's a mother begging for her, her children. We need everyone's help. We need the president of Turkey. We need the king of Egypt. We need everyone to help us. Please. I'm sorry. I'm so emotional. That's uh, Anderson Cooper being unable to respond, as any normal human being would. This is what Hamas says. This is what evil is. This is what evil is. Gold is in Jerusalem for us tonight. Hamas. Hamas had just issued a new threat involving civilian hostages. Can you talk about that? So, um, after 30 years of attempting to negotiate with Palestinian terrorists, and after 30 years of making concessions to them, and after 15 years of handing over the entire Gaza Strip to the tender mercies of Hamas and giving them aid and pretending that there was a peace process and pretending that these people were anything but human debris, the leadership of Hamas, the staffing of Hamas, the, the government of Hamas, this is the result. 
This is the result. Evil must be eradicated. It cannot be dealt with. It cannot be negotiated with. There cannot be a ceasefire. These people have to be driven six feet under. They need to be dead. That is the only solution to true evil. And uh, the world is finding that out today. Israel is finding that out today as well, obviously. Uh, The funerals were being held throughout the state of Israel again. A thousand dead in the state of Israel. Those numbers, they're horrible enough. A thousand dead in, in one day is horrible enough in locations all over Israel I, I always hesitate to do proportionality in terms of numbers because, again, a human life is a human life. But just to suggest the impact on the state of Israel of those sorts of numbers, proportionality is sometimes useful. A thousand Jews murdered in one day in Israel in a country that has about nine million Jews. Remember, the, the United States of America has about 340 million people. So to, to try and do that math, what you are really talking about is approximately 36,000 people if they were killed in a day in the United States, in multiple locations around around the United States. It's it's the greatest catastrophe for Jews, as I've mentioned before, since the Holocaust, without without any sort of doubt. Um, but Hamas wasn't finished. As, the, uh, as funerals were taking place for people who had been killed, virtually a huge number of these people are young people. Israel's a very young country. The elderly were kidnapped, the elderly were killed, but a huge number of these people are children, or at the very least, they're young people, 17, 18, 19 years old, many of the people serving the military in Israel. The draft begins when you're when you're 17, 18 years old. Uh, the um, rockets were, be, were being fired overhead as they were attempting to bury their dead. This is this is the way that Hamas operates. This, by the way, is what it sounds like when the uh, when the rockets go off. The sirens go off, and uh, everybody ducks for cover. Uh, I know for my friends who are, who are there right now, the sirens are going off all over Israel. They've been going off in the north because Hezbollah, as we'll get to in just a moment, has been threatening to come into the war on Israel's northern border, which would be the worst mistake they ever made. Uh, the rockets have been fired into Ashkelon, into Ashdod. These are cities that are that are near the coast in Israel or on the coast in Israel, just north of the Gaza border. They've been fired inland toward Beit Shemesh. The sirens have gone off in Jerusalem, which is actually a significant dif- distance from the Gaza Strip. Um, I, my in-laws are are in Israel right now. And my in-laws were in what's called the Ma'amad. The Ma'amad is a, is a safe room that basically has no windows. Uh, they, they were in Israel and they were stuck in a safe room on Saturday for 11 hours. That, that is not a rarity. That is very, very normal under circumstances like this. And unless you believe that there are Palestinian moderates who are ready to negotiate, unless you believe that the Palestinian Authority is different in any market way from Hamas or that Palestinian Islamic Jihad is different in any market way. Now, here's just a reminder that the, the same people who did what they did with regard to Hamas were considered the world's peace partners for Israel for decades. Here's Andrea Mitchell talking with a former PLO spokesperson, the Palestine Liberation Organization, which was Yasser Arafat's terror group that was then legitimized by the world and turned into a legitimate group called the Palestinian Authority. Uh, They refuse comment on Palestinian terrorism, on Hamas terrorism, because of course they do, because they've been complicit in that terrorism for, for decades at this point. Can you react to this threat from Hamas now to threaten to execute hostages who include women, children, the elderly? were taken from their homes, you know, if there are any more air yeah, attacks. Andrea, this is the this is the problem is that I don't think that this is put in its proper political context. This isn't just a ah. war. This is actually an occupation that has gone on now for 56 years. So what what uh, Israelis are requires now proper living political through context, you over see. the past 48 hours is what Palestinians have been living through over the course of the past 56 years. But does that justify that is an extraordinary taking people lie. out of their homes? 
uh, of all ages. We're not talking about military people. We're talking about civilians, children, and elderly people, uh, men and women, and taking them into Gaza and threatening to execute them. Again, uh, Andrea, I'm not the one who's doing this, so it shouldn't be me who's asked to comment on it. This isn't, you know, I live in a totally different place. What I do want people to understand is what life in the Gaza Strip is like. The Gaza Strip now, more than 50% of the These population people are monsters. is justifying the Justifying this behavior is so monstrous. Yes, it is up to you to condemn it. Here. Of course it's up to you to condemn it. The, uh, of course it's up to you to condemn it. Of course it is. You, you've been working hand in glove with Hamas for years. Yeah, the Palestinian Authority uses American taxpayer money to fund terrorism in defiance of the Taylor Force Act, which is American legislation barring the Palestinian Authority from doing that. The Palestinian Authority still has actual rewards for terrorist families. They sign checks to terrorist families. Avi Mayer, who's the editor of the Jerusalem Post, he, uh, he's now tweeting out the stories from Southern Israel get worse by the hour. A woman found murdered with a fetus next to her still attached to its umbilical cord. An elderly, woman's, an elderly woman found in a pool of blood, her body riddled with bullet holes. Entire families found burned to death in their homes. Right now, at this hour, there's a constant barrage uh, in Tel Aviv. Uh, Tel Aviv, of course, is the is the most populous city in Israel. Uh, Hamas has been beheading babies. Uh, this is uh, the atrocities are are extraordinary. Kibbutz Kfar Aza, which is a quarter mile from the Gaza border, uh, is still an active scene because Hamas booby trapped the entire area. And again, there are reports that that Hamas literally beheaded babies. They found the bodies of uh, forty babies, apparently. They said they've now found the bodies of 40 babies. That's breaking news right at this moment, uh, that they've found the bodies of 40 babies that Hamas beheaded. And Hamas beheaded. This is, um, this is, this is who they are. When people show you how evil they are, then uh, I'm, I'm not sure what exactly is supposed to be said beyond that. Anybody pretending that there's moral equivalence, I've said it again, I'll say, I'll say it said, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Anyone pretending moral equivalence is an emissary of falsehood, is a liar, is a liar. And anyone who pretends that Israel has been doing anything remotely like this with regard to the so-called occupation is a liar as well. Israel does not behead babies. Israel does not drag women back to its side of the border and hold them hostage after raping them and murdering them. I mean, this is not, this is, this is not what they, this is, no one does this. No one does this except for the world's most evil people, Hamas and its supporters. And uh, there's blood on the hands of people who have spent the last 20, 30 years defending terrorism in the so-called name of peace. Israel has now responded. Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister of Israel, he says that Israel is not in the middle of an, an operation. Israel is, in fact, at war, which, of course, is true. Israel is at war. We didn't want this war. It was forced upon us in the most brutal and savage way. But though Israel didn't start this war, Israel will finish it. Once the Jewish people were stateless, once the Jewish people were defenseless, no longer. Hamas will understand that by attacking us, they've made a mistake of historic proportions. We will exact a price that will be remembered by them and Israel's other enemies for decades to come. The savage attacks that Hamas perpetrated against innocent Israelis are mind-boggling. Slaughtering families in their homes, massacring hundreds of young people at an outdoor festival, kidnapping scores of women, children, and elderly, even Holocaust survivors. Hamas terrorists bound, burned, and executed children. They are savages. 
There is no modern comp. There, there is no comp. There is no comp. Um, and Hamas, for its part, is uh, it has supporters around the world, as we'll see, because evil never sleeps. Thankfully, neither does the justice of, of God. Um, Israel has taken measures already. Its first measure was to cut off the water and electricity to the Gaza Strip. One of the reasons for this is you don't provide actual resources to your enemies. Uh, the, the other thing is that Israel is attempting to move civilians out of many of these areas. When you cut off the water and power, that is an inducement to civilian populations to move out of these areas. Israel has been sending text messages to civilians in the Gaza Strip telling them to get out. Israel has been letting everyone know via radio, via whatever methods they can, that if you're a civilian, you should get out of the area. They've been telling them to move toward the southern border, toward the Rafah crossing with Egypt. Egypt, for its part, doing great humanitarian work has decided not to open that border and allow any of those refugees to enter into Egypt. So just remember, whenever you hear about the supposed atrocities perpetrated by the Israelis, understand that the Arab world has refused for 70 plus years to take in any Palestinian refugees. They've instead decided to use them as a political tool. The civilians in Gaza, who, by the way, voted for Hamas in 2006, 2007, and Hamas enjoys still significant popular support in the Gaza Strip by every available poll. Those civilians, Israel is taking care not to kill them as much care as they possibly can take. They've been inducing people to move away from the most populated areas of the Gaza Strip and toward less populous areas of the Gaza Strip, move toward the south, move toward less military-occupied areas. And they are being encouraged, the civilians, by Hamas to stay precisely where they are so that if Israel kills Hamas members, they also are going to be forced to kill civilians, which is a war crime. The entire purpose of the Geneva Conventions is to keep people in uniform, to keep soldiers soldiers. Terrorism is, by definition, an act of atrocity that involves, in, that involves civilians. If you hide behind a civilian, you are the person responsible for the death of that civilian. And that's what Hamas does. Hamas literally located its military headquarters at the bottom of a hospital. This is what they are. They locate their, their headquarters in mosques. They, they hide weapon caches, caches in, in churches and mosques specifically so that if Israel has to blow those things up, then they can claim that it's some sort of human rights violation. This is what they do. They understand how the Western press plays this garbage. They understand the Western press pretends that there is some sort of moral equivalence between a Hamas terrorist driving into a kibbutz and beheading a child and Israel attempting to minimize civilian casualties in the Gaza Strip and failing because Hamas is hiding behind children. Hamas is to blame for both of those civilian casualties. Hamas is actively encouraging people not to move from these areas right now. So when you see bombs dropping on Gaza, understand Israel. I mean, I've seen video of it. I, I've seen, I literally know this for a fact. Israel has called off strikes multiple, over the course of the last 30 years, uncounted, uncounted strikes Israel has called off because there are civilians in the area. Israel cannot be held hostage by the ability of Hamas to use civilians as human shields. Here's what it looked like yesterday when Israel was bombing Gaza. One of the things that's fascinating about this video is what you'll see is secondary explosions. Secondary explosions only emerge if there's a weapons cache underneath the buildings. Because Israel will hit the building, there'll be an explosion, and then... There'll be an incendiary that sets off the rest of the weapons cache, explosives underneath the building. You can see that clearly in, in videos like this one. So Israel hits the building, and then, as you can see in the video, there are secondary explosions. Those secondary explosions uh, are a result of weapons being hidden beneath the ground, which is, again, what um, the Palestinian Authority, Hamas, Islamic Jihad, this is what they do. Uh, the Israeli defense minister yesterday talked about a siege on Gaza. This, of course, was seized upon by the left wing to claim that this is a human rights violation. No, this is called a siege. When you're in the middle of a war, you don't continue to supply electricity and water to the people who have just murdered 1,000 of your citizens. If you do, you're a fool. Here's Yoav Galanti, the defense minister in Israel. 
We are imposing a complete siege on Gaza. There will be no electricity, no food, no water, no fuel. Everything will be closed. We are fighting against human animals and we are acting accordingly. That is correct. That is obviously correct. Raping women, beheading children, human animals is, is a pretty good description. The question now is how far this conflict is going to broaden. The United States did something excellent yesterday. We moved an aircraft carrier into the Mediterranean off the coast of Lebanon and essentially threatened that Hezbollah should not make the wrong decision of opening up a second front against Israel uh, in the middle of this. Hamas is the Iranian-backed terror group in the Gaza Strip. Hezbollah is the Iranian-backed terror group in the north of Israel uh, on the southern border of Lebanon. They have turned the rose of the Middle East, Beirut, into an absolute trashy because this is what Iran does. Iran is a cancer. Uh, and so they have they've now permeated their, their cancerous tentacles around the Middle East. Hezbollah is a heavily armed terror group. They have at least 150,000 very sophisticated rockets pointed at the state of Israel. Should they get into the war, Israel will, will be forced to unleash the full might and power of its air force. America is also trying to dissuade Hezbollah from getting into the war, largely because America has a very strong interest in this not broadening into a regional war. Because if Israel is forced to face down Lebanon in the north, Hezbollah in the north, Syria uh, in, its, in its northeast, and then presumably Iran itself, this is going to escalate very, very quickly. And Israel is prepared to take all of those steps if it falls under attack from those borders. Uh, America is using peace through strength here as well it should. According to Barron's, the U.S. announced the decision on the strike group, which includes an aircraft carrier and other warships on Sunday, a day after Hamas militants launched an unprecedented multi-pronged attack on Israel's southern flank. Israel and Hezbollah have traded some fire this week, but they've stopped short of the devastating full-scale war they fought in 2006. Uh, again, Israel is stretched thin. Israel is not a large country. Uh, and so if Israel is forced to it, the one thing Israel does have is air superiority. Israel has not used its air superiority. What you're seeing from Gaza is targeted strikes. If, if Hezbollah gets in, those will not be targeted strikes. If Hezbollah gets in, Israel will, will unleash the F-16s and the, the southern border of Lebanon will be a parking lot because they're not going to have any other choice. It, when, when you are militarily stretched to your limits, at that point, survival is the only thing that matters. And you can't be stretched to the point where you have a two-front war in which it is your job to, to try and separate the wheat from the chaff in the middle of an existential crisis. That, that second front in Lebanon, I think, is unlikely to open specifically because of this. There was talk about Hezbollah getting more heavily involved. Um, there have been a few gunmen who have been attempting to infiltrate in the north again. I think that's more as an attempt to draw resources north in Israel and away from the Gaza Strip. But I don't think that Hezbollah wants a full-scale war. If they did, as I say, it would be the worst mistake they ever made. The, the, the great irony of the situation is that for both Hamas and Hezbollah, the, the great insurer of their own survival is the fact that Israel is technologically sophisticated. The, 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 the only reason that Hamas has existed to this point is because their rockets did not work. It's because Iron Dome was sufficient. Well, when they edged around that and killed a thousand Israeli civilians, at that point, the gloves are off. And Israel is going to have to engage in a long, protracted slog through the Gaza Strip, attempting to avoid civilian casualties as best they can. And the West had better get ready for ugly images coming out of Gaza, all the fault of Hamas. It is a tragedy when a Gazan civilian is killed. And that is the fault of Hamas. It is the fault of Hamas. And the, the media's attempt to draw moral equivalents, which will undoubtedly be unleashed over the course of the next 48, 72 hours, is disgusting. It's disgusting. There's a difference between the man who's trying to protect his child and the man who puts his own child in front of him in order to murder the other man's child. Hamas is the latter and Israel is the former. The Washington Post has now confirmed reports that Iran was, in fact, behind this attack. The Wall Street Journal reported that yesterday. The Biden administration, in a pathetic attempt to cover its own ass, 
for its prior negotiations with, with the Iranian regime and its turnover of billions of dollars to the Iranian regime, tried to pretend that Iran was not involved. Clearly it was. This was too technologically sophisticated and Hamas never would have launched anything like this without Iranian permission, considering they're a client state of the Iranian government. According to the Washington Post, while Iran's precise role in Saturday's violence remained unclear, the assault reflected Tehran's years-long ambition to surround Israel with legions of paramilitary fighters armed with increasingly sophisticated weapon systems capable of striking deep inside the Jewish state. Hamas, the Gaza-based Palestinian militant organization that led the attack, has historically maintained a degree of independence from Tehran. But in recent years, Hamas has benefited from massive infusions of Iranian cash, as well as technical help for manufacturing rockets and drones with advanced guidance systems, some of which occurred in camps outside of Gaza. In fact, there's information emerging that in Gaza, they'd built an entire fake Israeli town and they'd been staging prep for something like this for quite some time. Current and former intelligence officials say the assault bore hallmarks of Iranian support and noted that officials in Tehran have boasted publicly about the huge sums in military aid provided to Hamas in recent years. So will this thing broaden out? I think unlikely to broaden out further from where it is unless Hezbollah makes a crucial mistake here. Um, But suffice it to say that now that this has happened, no Hamas associated person anywhere on earth should feel safe. Israel has a very long history of killing its enemies in far-flung places and Israel will not sleep until the leaders of Hamas are dead. And they, they should not pretend that, that being in Qatar is any sort of um, protection for them. Meanwhile, the EU has reversed an announcement that it made suspending aid to the Palestinians. So originally when this happened, they came out and they said that they would reverse aid to the Palestinians. They would not be giving them hundreds of millions of dollars for use in terrorism. Uh, the EU has been extraordinarily supportive of Palestinian terrorism for a significant period of time flying in officials to pretend that there was moral equivalence, to pretend that it was all about Israel's so-called occupation of the Gaza Strip, despite the fact that, again, the Gaza Strip has not had a Jewish foot on it since 2006. Uh, Since Saturday, according to ABC News, support of the 27-nation bloc for Israel had been steadfast, including that the country had every right within international law to defend itself in the war with Hamas, but now they have reversed themselves. They said there will be no suspension of payments. The EU foreign policy chief, a person named Joseph Burrell, criticized the EU, insisting the suspension of payments would have damaged EU interests in the region and would have only further emboldened terrorists. Yes, it's clearly giving them money is the the way to to dissuade terrorists. The EU says it's been the biggest donor to the Palestinians and has been advocating for years for the two-state approach that is completely dead at this point. It is dead because you cannot have a two-state solution in which one of the states wants to eradicate out of existence the other state. Israel's handed land over. They've handed resources over. Again, it is, it is worth noting here that Israel was providing free water and electricity to the Gaza Strip for years on end. Germany isn't suspending humanitarian aid. It provides it separately via international non-governmental organizations and the UN. So leave it to the Europeans to continue funding terror groups throughout the region. Meanwhile, the uh, UN Human Rights Council observed a moment of silence for the death of Palestinian civilians. Because the UN is, as I had said before, the most isolated of international politics. They're despicable and vile. And they're filled with Islamic and Islamist countries that support the death of Jews. So here is the Human Rights Council, which again includes such wonderful players in human rights as Pakistan in the past Sudan and Iran. Uh, they're observing a moment of silence, not for the loss of 1,000 Jews, but for the loss of Palestinians. There is a need for immediate steps to ensure the realization of the right to self-determination of the Palestinian people and also achieving a just two-state solution on the borders of June 4, 1967, with East Jerusalem as the capital of the state of Palestine. We call on all parties to exercise restraint and honor the human rights obligations. We request observing one-minute silence 
for the loss of innocent lives, including women, children, and the elderly. It is also an occasion to remember victims of decades of foreign occupation in the occupied Palestinian territory. I request you all to stand for one minute to honor those victims. These morally equivalent sons of bitches. I mean, some of the worst people on earth here. The UN is just garbage. They've been garbage since the beginning. They're even more garbage now. We'll get to uh, more of the bad guys in one second because there are rallies held all around the world in favor of the uh, in favor of Hamas. Uh, for but but credit where credit is due. The leaders of France, Germany, Italy, UK, and US released a joint statement. Well, today we, President Macron of France, Chancellor Scholz of Germany, Prime Minister Maloney of Italy, Prime Minister Sunak of the UK, and President Biden of the United States, express our steadfast and united support to the state of Israel and our unequivocal condemnation of Hamas and its appalling acts of terrorism. We make clear that the terrorist actions of Hamas have no justification, no legitimacy, and must be universally condemned. There is never any justification for terrorism. In recent days, the world has watched in horror as Hamas terrorists massacred families in their homes, slaughtered over 200 young people enjoying a music festival, and kidnapped elderly women, children, and entire families who are now being held as hostages. Our countries will support Israel in its efforts to defend itself and its people against such atrocities. We further emphasize this is not a moment for any party hostile to Israel to exploit these attacks to seek advantage. All of us recognize the legitimate aspirations of the Palestinian people and support equal measures of justice and freedom for Israelis and Palestinians alike. But make no mistake, Hamas does not represent those aspirations and it offers nothing for the Palestinian people other than more terror and bloodshed. I mean, obviously, I agree with that. I wish that a lot of Palestinians agreed with that, considering that they elected Hamas. And Hamas has continued to rule the Gaza Strip continuously since 2006. Over the coming days, we'll remain united and coordinated together as allies and as common friends over Israel to ensure Israel is able to defend itself and to ultimately set the conditions for a peaceful and integrated Middle East region. That, of course, is not the goal of Iran. Rishi Sunak, the prime minister of the United Kingdom, he gave a speech yesterday that was quite excellent. Here he was yesterday. I wanted to come here tonight to stand with you. To stand with you in this hour of grief as we mourn the victims of an utterly abhorrent act of terror. To stand with you in this hour of prayer, as we think of those held hostage and your friends and loved ones taking refuge in bomb shelters or risking their lives on the front line. And perhaps above all, I wanted to come here tonight to stand with you in solidarity in Israel's hour of need. As the Prime Minister of this country, I am unequivocal. The people who support Hamas are fully responsible for this appalling attack. They are not militants. They are not freedom fighters. They are terrorists. That, of course, is true, and moral clarity is necessary at this point in time, considering how much lack there has been for decades at this point. In, in the city of London, there was a mass rally in favor of Hamas. Here some of the footage yesterday. Hamas, again, has called for mass rallies all over the world in favor of their terrorist atrocities. Yeah. You can see masses of people who are, who are waving Palestinian and Hamas flags. Very large group of people walking through. You should remember, and if you live in a major Western city, that there are people who actively favor Hamas who live in your city. Uh, many of them, many of them, uh, which uh, should say something about immigration policy generally. At the Sydney Opera House, uh, Sydney tried to pay tribute to the state of Israel by shining blue and white lights on the Sydney Opera House. Instead, a bunch of um, pro-Hamas terror supporters showed up by the hundreds uh, with Palestinian flags, and they began chanting, 
gas the Jews, just in case you were, in case you were unaware of their actual agenda, in case you thought, oh no, these are just people who are looking for a viable two-state solution. Here they are shouting, gas the Jews. That is at the Sydney Opera House. So if you've let these people into your country, then uh, I would recommend that you make provisions uh, for your own safety. Because uh, these are terror supporters. They are flying right there. Some of them look like they're flying ISIS flags. Notice that they're not shouting anything about Israelis. They're shouting, uh, they're shouting about the Jews. Because, again, anti-Zionism is a cheap cover for hatred of Jews and the wish to destroy as many Jews as possible and kill them. And meanwhile, on the American domestic political front, the American people's vast ignorance of these subjects is demonstrating itself in polling data. They've been kept ignorant. It's not their own fault. They've been kept ignorant by a media that lies routinely about moral equivalence. There's also an enormous political movement in the United States that is far to the left and, uh, and supports terrorism in ways both soft and hard. A new YouGov poll asks a very simple question. Do you think that Hamas is deliberately striking Israeli civilians? not actively avoiding striking Israeli civilian areas or attempting to avoid striking Israeli civilian areas. 53% of Americans say that Hamas is deliberately striking civilian areas. 13% say that they're not actively avoiding striking Israeli civilian areas. 6% only say that uh, they're attempting to avoid striking Israeli civilian areas. Well, this is not a question that is up for debate. They are clearly deliberately striking uh, Israeli. I mean, that, that is the entire story here. They literally went into towns and murdered babies. This is what they did. So th- th- there's not a qu- that should be a 100% question. 53% say that's what they're doing. 13% well they're kind of doing it but it's by accident more or less 13%. 6% said that they're actually trying not to kill Israeli civilians, which is amazing because they somehow landed on killing a thousand of them. And uh, 28% said they were not sure. 28%. But where those statistics begin to go insane is in the age brackets. And this is a reflection of politics. Young people in America have been twisted and skewed by the educational system and the media into believing absolute lies and falsehoods, absolute egregious lies and immoral falsehoods. In the group 18 to 29, only 32% of Americans said that Hamas was deliberately striking Israeli civilian areas. 21% said that they were not actively avoiding striking Israeli civilian areas. 11% said they were attempting to avoid striking Israeli civilian areas. 35% said they were not sure. Only one third of people 18 to 29 could say that Hamas was targeting civilians. That is a blot on the media because the media are liars and they've been lying for years, drawing a moral equivalence between people who are murderers and terrorists and genocidal maniacs and people attempting to protect their own children and to avoid civilian casualties on the other side. By the way, when you look at the polling numbers on the other side, do you think Israel is deliberately striking Palestinian civilian areas? 29% say yes. Not actively avoiding striking Palestinian civilian areas, 19% say yes. Attempting to avoid striking Palestinian civilian areas, only 20% say yes. Israel has a long-standing policy. It is called Taharat HaNeshek. They put their own soldiers at risk in order to not strike civilians. When you look at the age breakdown there, and if you look at the political breakdown, this is insane. The political breakdown suggests percent of Democrats who believe that Israel is deliberately striking Palestinian civilian areas. Like, they want to kill civilians. This is their idea. 34% of Democrats, that's a plurality of Democrats, say that Israel is deliberately striking Palestinian areas. Only 13% that says that Israel is attempting to avoid striking civilian areas. The Democratic Party is 
in a state of moral collapse. It has been in a state of moral collapse for a very long time. You can say whatever you want to say about the Republican Party. I have my own criticisms that have made very apparent over the course of my entire career. Their inability, their stupidity, their fractiousness, the fact that they can't seem to put together two and two. But the fact is that the Republican Party base at least understands basic politics. 32% say that Israel is attempting to avoid striking Palestinian civilian areas. A plurality, precisely the reverse among Democrats. Just amazing stuff. Amazing stuff there from, uh, from Democrats in the, uh, and, uh, and young people. So that, that, that is going extremely well. And, and of course, a lot of that is led by some of our most intellectually luminous members of Congress, people like Ilhan Omar, Jew hater extraordinaire. She and the Hamas caucus continue to do their best to stand for terrorists. Ilhan Omar tweeted out, Gaza's two plus million population are mostly children who live under blockade in what Israel's own former intelligence chief has called an open air prison. The overwhelming majority live in poverty. Many suffer lifelong psychological and physical trauma. Okay, let me point out at this point, Gaza has been entirely governed by Hamas since 2006. Anytime the Palestinians wish to actually engage in decent governance, they can. They have not. They have instead decided to direct all money, all resources, not at building up their own society, but at targeting Jews. Understand that Gaza has a massive sewage problem. So massive, in fact, that Western aid authorities have attempted to send in pipes so that they can build better sewage systems in Gaza. Those sewage pipes were then used by Hamas in order to generate rockets. They're repurposed and turned into rocket tubes. But of course, it's Israel's fault, despite the fact that, again, no Jews live in, in the Gaza Strip. Ilhan Omar continues along these lines, just as we honor the humanity of the hundreds of innocent Israeli civilians and nine Americans who were killed this weekend, we must honor the humanity of the innocent Palestinian civilians who have been killed and whose lives are upended. I feel horrible for those people as well, which Israel does too, which is why Israel's trying not to kill those people and Hamas is perfectly happy to station all of its rockets right behind apartment buildings. Palestinian residents of the West Bank have scarcely better lives than Gazans. With the routine destruction of their ancestral homes, destruction of their crops and violence attacks. But I mean, this is all propagandistic nonsense. It really, really is. Routine destruction of their ancestral homes. The Palestinian population in the so-called West Bank has risen by millions, by millions. I should point out at this point that when she says that there is no better living standard in Judea and Samaria, the West Bank of Israel, which again is largely governed by the Palestinian Authority. Janine is governed by the Palestinian Authority. Hebron is governed by the Palestinian Authority. Like these... These areas are governed by Palestinians. If you have failed to grow your own economy, that would be a, that, that that is your fault. You have the ability to actually elect people and put people in power who are not going to steal all of the money. Yasser Arafat, by the end of his life, is worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Mahmoud Abbas is worth hundreds of millions of dollars at this point. But I still, even in spite of that, I should point out that in the Gaza Strip, the GDP per capita is $876. In the West Bank, for Palestinians living in the so-called West Bank, Judea and Samaria, almost $2,000. And Israeli Arabs, Israeli Arabs, the GDP per capita among Israeli Arabs, the GDP per capita in Israel is almost $60,000. For Israeli Arabs, it is a multiple. Yet there's a reason why Israeli Arabs are not clamoring to get into Palestinian-governed areas. Every single poll of Israeli Arabs, you know, 20% of the population of Israel are Arab and Muslim. Every single poll shows they don't like Israel and also nobody wants to leave. So governance makes a rather large share, but she's a liar and she's a propagandist, Ilhan Omar, and she's a pro-terror stan, and this is what she does. Meanwhile, our colleges and universities continue to churn out the worst. Columbia Law School put out their usual pathetic statements. They put out a, a statement that basically was a bunch of mush mouth. According to the Washington Free Beacon, the dean of Columbia Law School, Jillian Lester, released a statement on Monday whitewashing the worst terrorist attack in Israeli history, lamenting, quote, the violence that erupted in Israel and Gaza. 
I just erupted, did it like a volcano. Just erupted. Wasn't terrorists who broke through a fence and then murdered babies and kidnapped women and, and raped them and then murdered them. And that video that I showed yesterday of the Israeli woman, or the, she's actually a German woman, uh, who was at a dance festival, was raped, murdered, and then paraded through the streets of Gaza. That, um, that was just an eruption of violence. It just happened. The violence that erupted in Israel and Gaza this past weekend is nothing short of tragic, said Lester. I know many in our community have been affected, both directly and indirectly. There was no mention of anti-Semitism or Jews. Uh, by the way, the anti-Semitism that, that the dean of the Columbia Law School cares about is that at one point a swastika was found in a bathroom. And this should tell you what you need to know about far-left views of anti-Semitism in the United States. They're significantly more deeply worried in some areas of the far left in the United States or even in the traditional left of the United States about a swastika on a bathroom door than they are worried about the murder of 1,000 Jews in Israel because they've somehow created the psychological distance to believe that if a Jew gets murdered in Israel, it's not because they're a Jew, it's because they're an Israeli. And thus, it doesn't matter. Well, that, that is going to come all to a crashing halt right now. And it should come to a crashing halt. There are a lot of eyes that are being opened that have never actually wanted to see evil and now are being forced to see evil because this is evil in our time. Jonathan Greenblatt, I've had not a lot of kind words for Jonathan Greenblatt on this show. He is the head of the Anti-Defamation League. As you know, maybe a week and a half ago, I did an, an actual Twitter space with Elon Musk, very critical of the Anti-Defamation League. I think that uh, Jonathan has done a lot of very progressive work, but he, he was excellent on MSNBC yesterday morning when he was confronted with the propagandism and lies of the American left attempting to recapitulate this conflict as some sort of moral equivalent between two quarreling sides as opposed to the greatest mass terror attack uh, in, in modern Jewish history. So while I am sad and cope, trying to cope, I'll be honest, I am angry. I am angry with the world that allowed the dehumanization of Israelis and sanitized the terrorism of Hamas. I must say, I love this show and I love this network, but I've got to ask who is writing the scripts? Hamas, the people who did this, they are not fighters, Jonathan. They are not militants, and I'm looking right at the camera. They are terrorists. It is a barbarian who rapes and brutalizes women, who tear, kills children in front of their parents. So look, you know, when we say, oh, this was an escalation, it was bound to happen, I am sorry. This was a massacre that was preplanned. This was not destined to happen. It is not normal to shoot teenagers in the back, hundreds of them. So I just think, like, guys, get the story right. And all these pictures of, like, you know, m missiles or the rubble in Gaza, please talk to the Israeli mothers and fathers who lost their children. Uh, good for Jonathan Greenblatt. But yeah, that didn't stop MSNBC from doing its worst. Again, you wonder why the American people are very, very ignorant about this sort of stuff, particularly young people and people on the left. The answer is because there are people in the media who want them to be ignorant. Here, for example, was MSNBC suggesting that actually the best way to get hostages back would be for Israel to take Jews out of, the, uh, out of their homes in Judea and Samaria. Because that worked amazing in Gaza. It worked so amazing in Gaza. There was, they removed some 6,000 Jews from their homes in the Gaza Strip, turned it over to Hamas. And uh, 15 years later, this is what you have. And so the solution on MSNBC is, of course, Jews should live in fewer places. It, I mean, if Jews don't want to be killed, obviously they should live in fewer places. In fact, if you want to just go directly to it, maybe Jews shouldn't be alive. That's, that's a really easy way to prevent them from being killed. But certainly we should remove them from their homes in deference to terrorists who behead babies and kidnap women to rape them. Probably that great solution, MSNBC, just all the wisest people.
Yeah, if you're thinking that far ahead, and I think that's smart, I, I, getting to a Palestinian state, it, it becomes more difficult uh, because of all the Israeli oh, settlements well, in the, the West Bank, here? the, the supported oh, by the government the settlements state. in the West Bank, even though the international community condemns them. H- how do you do that? Does this make Israel well, rethink that, or do they just double down? Well, I was hoping Israel was rethinking that. Um, the, the coalition of, of Prime Minister Netanyahu which is substantially to the right of him, uh, includes people who are very much for neutering the role of the Israeli Supreme Court and for expanding settlements into Area C and parts of the West Bank, which would make it impossible for there to be a contiguous Palestinian state. Uh, and rolling that back... These people are yes, fools. I'm sorry. Would, continuous would means territorially connected. There will never be a continuous Palestinian state because the Gaza Strip is on the left corner of Israel and the Judea and Samaria area is over here. So if you want a contiguous Palestinian state, that means a non-contiguous Israel, obviously. These people are fools. They don't know anything and they don't care about anything. For them, the easiest game... It's the You know what moral cowards do? Moral cowards always take the middle line. It's the easiest thing to do. The easiest thing to do in any situation, you just take the moral line. Oh, I just wish everybody loved each other. Oh, I just wish there were peace. Oh, if only these people would just come together and get around their conflicts. And that avoids you, that, that allows you to avoid the implications of evil until it smacks you directly in the face. And even then, it turns out that there's a comfort in blindness. There's an absolute comfort in blindness. So it's much easier on a moral level to go, so, uh, I don't know anything about this. You know, I take no sides. I don't know. I don't take any side. I'm not important. Well, I mean, when, when you see babies being beheaded and you can't take sides, If you can't take sides, you're a quizzling. If you cannot take sides, you are part of the problem. It is evil not to take sides when one side is murdering babies and the other side is attempting to defend them. That is not the same thing. The notion that the real tragedy here is the death of the peace process is a a damned pathetic and dark joke. It really is. The peace process has been dead since the Palestinian Authority decided to turn down every available offer from 1994 onward to actually establish a Palestinian state and decided instead that they would set up full funding mechanisms for terrorism. There are streets named after terrorists, like actual people who just murdered people at like restaurants in the West Bank. The Gaza Strip is a terror haven, obviously. But again, the easiest thing, if you're MSNBC or CNN, oh, well, you know, there is more. It's all so nuanced. There's so many shades of gray, so many shades of gray here to see when people behead babies next to their mothers. That's clearly... Here's MSNBC's Ali Velshi engaging in some complexity. What is it you are watching for in the next 24, 48 hours, Ali? Well, I I have to say, uh, uh, Ben and Rick have have said it very clearly. You've got to look around corners on this one. Their emotions are running high. There are a lot of people who are pretty sure that they know the right thing to do in the moment. And a lot of that feels like punishment and, and retribution. There are massive consequences to getting this one wrong. Oh, well, you have to look around the corner. You have to be wise like Ali Vashi. Don't you just see? There might be consequences to, you know, killing all the terrorists who f***ing beheaded babies. That's the, that it, we, we have to be very careful. You really got really to be pinpoint on this one, Ali Velshi. All the wise men say so. All of the wise men say so. That is oh, the moral cowardice. The moral cowardice. This is how the West dies, by the way. Through moral cowardice. Because those consequences will come home. Moral cowardice at home leads to surrender on every front. This is not just a matter of what happens in a place like Israel. Israel has always been a canary in the coal mine because the Jews are always a canary in the coal mine and this sort of stuff. But a a society that loses its moral compass to the extent that there is nuance and complexity to people who are beheading babies, that is not a society that is destined to live.
That is not a, a, a society that can, that can withstand any sort of pressure at all. It collapses inward at the first sign of conflict. Now, speaking of which, here's CNN and MSNBC. Here's a moral equivalent supercut from these jokers. Provocations day after day, time after time, um, it was was nonstop, and it seems like uh, the Netanyahu government is not willing to uh, to uh, to bring any peace to the region. It's conflicting for me because oh, you have people peace. in there and innocent bystanders that'll be involved in it, but at the same time, it's it's like you know what other choice did they have? Do you condemn what Hamas what did, did they have inside they have, Israel um, to Israeli civilians? They're dead. And there are hostages. First and foremost, the Western media must really abandon this framework that has gotten us to where we are today. Okay, but I just want this, uh, the loss of civilian oh, life is tragic in all sides. You've counted 70 Israeli deaths. There is more than 200 Palestinian deaths so far, more than 1,600. Entire, entire residential compounds are being wiped out. This is a war crime committed by Israel. What is more tragic or equally tragic? is the blindness and the deafness of the world. Every single political avenue is blocked. Every single the legal the mission avenue to the United Kingdom, for us is blocked. Like, don't underestimate people's desire for freedom. Oh, the sophistication. Boy, oh, the nuance. Don't you see the shades of gray? Don't you see? Protesting the so-called judicial reforms would be protesting Israel's inhumane treatment of the uh, Palestinians who live under Israeli occupation. But that's just not something that's happening. Oh, yeah, you would expect says Ali Belshi, that, uh, that the Israelis who are protesting judicial reform should be out protesting in favor of Hamas. That's, that's what you expect if you were complex like Ali Belshi. Um, you wonder why, um, again, the media are disgusting. They are truly disgusting. There's so many disgusting members of the media. Not all of them. Obviously, some of them seek truth. Some of them occasionally stumble upon it even if they're not seeking it. And then you have the motivated actors who are more interested in their own pseudo-sophistication and uh, moral equivalence than anything else. Uh, for the part of the United States... So far, uh, John Kirby, the NSE spokesperson, um, again, there, there's a willful blindness that has taken place because people, the inertia of foreign policy is very, very strong. Uh, so John Kirby fully admits that Hamas uh, has killed Americans, that Americans are currently being held hostage. We are also very, very closely uh, uh, coordinating with Israeli officials about the status of uh, American citizens. We sadly know that a few have been killed. Uh, we also know that there are many more that are unaccounted for. We don't know where they are. We don't know what condition they're in. Uh, and nothing's more important to us than their safety and security. So we're going to stay lashed up with Israeli officials on that as well. That's um, that. So Americans are in harm's way. Well, the Biden administration, last time Americans were in harm's way, they just left them in Afghanistan. Uh, John Kirby says, by the way, Joe Biden still believes in the two-state solution, which clearly is the solution here. You need to, you need, you need, Hamas was the governing power. It's not even a terror group in the traditional sense that it had no governing power. It has governing power. Hezbollah in Lebanon has governing power. The Palestinian Authority's terrorist group has governing power. Islamic Jihad has governing power. They're part of a coalition government in the West Bank. But, says the, but, says this American, a two-state solution is, is clearly, clearly that's the answer. Give them territory and control. Because that worked amazing in Gaza. Is the, uh, the two-state solution off the table now? Something we've talked about for generations. Is it, is it, does this wipe it off? The president still believes uh, in the promise of a two-state solution, uh, in peace and justice uh, for the Israeli people as well as for the Palestinian people. And the president knows that Hamas doesn't speak for the Palestinian people. He doesn't sp they don't speak for uh, all the Palestinian people and all their aspirations. So in the United States, there will continue to be a su support for a viable two-state solution, which the president still believes is possible, but so it's going to take who does? a lot of leadership. So I have a question, uh, on, who does? Uh, on all sides here. Just stop it there for a second. I, I have a question, who does? 
because they say that, fine, let's assume, for example, that Hamas is actually a dictatorship. Let's assume that. I mean, they were elected in 2006, 2007. Let's assume they're a dictatorship. Who's the, who exactly would Israel negotiate with? Who's the other party at the table? The Palestinian Authority, by the way, has not had, they've not held an election since, what, 2000 and 2008, 2009? When was Mahmoud Abbas last elected? Mahmoud Abbas was last elected as the leader of the Palestinian Authority, which is the governing party in uh, Judea and Samaria, in 2005, 2006. So he is now cur- cur- he's currently serving the 18th year of a four-year term. But who exactly is Israel supposed to negotiate with? It's like the, the blinders on these people, the unbelievable blinders on these people. It's just absolutely insane. Oh. So far, the Biden administration has provided the support to Israel that's necessary, but here's how the worm turns. Israel is going to have to do what it has to do in order to protect its citizenry. It's not going to take a moment. It's not going to take a few days. It's going to take weeks. Israel is going to have to go in. They probably are going to have to annex the Gaza Strip, meaning take full military control of the Gaza Strip because they tried it the other way and it didn't go amazing. They're probably going to have to set up demilitarized zone that broadens the amount of space between the Israeli areas and the Palestinian Arab areas in the Gaza Strip. That's probably what's going to happen here long term because there are no other answers and no one has provided any other answers because there's no other negotiating party. Israel, by the way, has tried to hand control of the Gaza Strip over to Egypt. You know what Egypt said? Nah, not interested. Israel has tried to hand over control of Palestinian Arab areas in Judea and Samaria to Jordan. You know what Jordan said? Hell no. Jordan said hell no so strongly they murdered 20,000 Palestinians way back in the 70s during Black September and then expelled the rest into Lebanon. I mean, like it's, for people who don't know the the history of the region, the notion that that Israel has primary responsibility for a group of people who have been rejected by Egypt, Jordan, and Lebanon, among others, is uh, is pretty amazing. But in the end, Israel is going to have to do what it has to do to defend its own citizens because Israel is a sovereign country like America is a sovereign country. And we here in America have to defend our own citizens. America would never stand for anything like this. Imagine that the people who are crossing the southern border right now, we're all armed to the teeth and we're going to random villages killing 30,000 Americans. Do you think that the border with Mexico would currently be controlled by, uh, by no one? Or do you think the American military would be in there? Do you think the Mexican government would even be, would even be functional? How do you think that would go? Well, in any case, Israel's going to have to do what it has to do. And watch as the media, who are already moral cowards, turn their fire on the people who just watched their babies beheaded um, by terrorist groups. Because that's that's what will happen. And so you need to remember these images, the ones that Hamas itself is putting out. There will be more images over the coming days. And the moral equivalents, lackeys, will begin their work. And you should remember, again, sometimes it is just a matter of good and sometimes it is just a matter of evil. Okay, I want to finish with um, one Good story of the day. This one has gone viral. It's a, it's a pretty amazing story. Uh, so there was a um, a couple from the southern town of Ofakim. Uh, that is a town that's located a few a few kilometers inland from from the Gaza Strip. It was hit really hard. Uh, I have a, a friend who lives here. His brother lives over there, and he was waiting for the entire two day holiday to find out whether his brother was okay. Dozens of people slaughtered in Ofakim, but there was one woman whose name is Rachel. Rachel in English, and uh, she she spoke to the media about what happened to her when these terrorists entered Ofakim. So the couple, both of their sons are police officers, and they were taken captive in their own home. And um, apparently, Rachel said to her husband, she said, if we die, we'll die together. The terrorists told the couple that they were going to become martyrs. They threatened to kill them. And uh, then security eventually arrived. The IDF arrived and, and killed everybody. But the story here is 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 rather amazing. So apparently the cops, they arrived and they were then in negotiations with the terrorists, supposedly. 
Security forces realized they were being shot at from the building. The first plan of action was to throw a grenade into the house to kill the terrorists. But as they were doing that, uh, they were being told that there were actual Jews who were still in the house. So they opened negotiations and the terrorists were demanding food and water. Orachel said, quote, I could see they were angry. I asked them if they were hungry. I prepared them coffee and cookies. David, her husband, said she drove them crazy. She kept asking if they want something. So uh, as Rachel worked to distract the captors, the terrorists began to sing songs by the Israeli singer Lior Narkis, apparently. So, yeah, again, Israeli culture is even taken up by uh, terrorists. Outside the building, their police officer's son, Evyatar, described the layout of the home to counterterrorism forces in preparation for breaching and rescue. The officers got right up to the entrance of the home. During the negotiations, one of the terrorists used a table as a makeshift barricade, holding a hand grenade over Rachel's head, having removed the pin. Another sat at the top of the stairs, aiming a gun at the police. So apparently, during the negotiations, the police signaled to Rachel not to give any, give any indication that, uh, that she was related to any of the people who were outside. But apparently, she... Uh, she was asked by the police outside. They could see her. They asked her how many terrorists were in there. And she held up her hand to her face in a casual movement with her fingers spread to say that there were five. And she told the terrorists that she had to rub her head. The whole time, apparently, she was just offering them food. So she was offering them cookies and she was offering them coffee. And the basic idea, she said, I was giving them coffee and, and, and cookies because hungry people are angry people. <laughs> and so they were apparently basically all sitting in the room uh, eating their cookies when the police broke in and killed everyone and killed all the bad guys. So apparently, according to her, she said, we were very close to the terrorists. We were safe. Her husband said, I jumped onto my wife. Shots came over us right by my head. I don't know how I survived. When rescuers entered the home, an explosive device was set off and injured one of them. The rest of the force kept going and freed all of the uh, apparent hostages. Uh, the pictures from the home are filled with bullet holes and uh, and pockmarks and, and all the rest. So again, an amazing story out of, uh, out of Ofakim. Well, as, uh, as I said yesterday, thoughts, prayers, resources uh, should be directed toward the state of Israel and toward the Jews who are going into harm's way, the members of the army who are going into harm's way, many of whom require resources. Uh, refer to the description in today's show on YouTube for directions to links if you wish to give charity or if you wish to help out. The, um, the dead here will be avenged. They will be avenged. They must be avenged. There's a phrase in Hebrew that we use to describe the um, what we hope happens to those who spill blood this way. It's Hashem Yikom Damam, which means uh, may God avenge their blood. And uh, as Rabbi Meir Soloveitchik points out, it draws on a bunch of different biblical verses paralleling a 13th century prayer known as Avarachamim, which commemorates people uh, who were killed in pogroms at that time. The, the God of Israel does not sleep. He does not slumber. Revenge will be taken for the dead. Uh, the and Anybody who, who can't see moral clarity at this point in time, I don't believe you. I actually don't believe you. I think that there are ulterior motives at play, whether it's your own pseudo-sophistication or whether you have baser and darker ulterior motives. If you, again, if you can't draw the distinction, people beheading babies and people attempting to protect babies, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. But this conflict is not going to go away. Not, not today, not tomorrow, not for a while. And so be strong and of good cheer. Because uh, the West is going to win and Israel right now is the emissary of the West against these uh, pieces of human debris. We'll get to more on this in just one second first. 
Pure Talk believes in American values, and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 